and it was this production of Sideshow, which mm-hmm. are we fans? Yeah, I'm done. We're fans. Okay, good. We're Thank big. God. Thank yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Quincy. And my name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men from Theaterly. We are here to talk and maybe scream about our favorite women in musical theater. Quincy, how did our format become you singing us in? I kind of like it. I always want to like say hi and you're always like... (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun little start. It is a fun start. It lets me know what kind of mood you're in always. That's very true. (laughs) Good morning, Quincy. Good morning. We're recording this in the morning. I'm drinking coffee as we do so. So I wish I should have sent you a video last night. So Connor has an appointment for Which Way to the Stage at... Where? uh, A regional theater. Are you allowed to talk about this? Is this hush hush? Yeah, no, he told me I was allowed to. (laughs) We'll probably know one way or the other by the time the episode comes out, though. So nobody bring it up. But, and he's going in for that um, Carrie Dubeck role? Yeah, and so he has to do an Adina impersonation in the audition side. And so last night, it's bedtime. It's like all of the sides are like like uh, splayed out on the bed. And we're like, last night, I had a dream. Mm-mm, no, it's like, last night, I had a dream. And we're like back and forth trying to figure out this Adina, uh, Adina impression. Is he with you right now? And it was giving very much... He's somewhere in the apartment. Tell him to come um, do he's it. He's not going to come in here and do it. Why? <laughs> he's not gonna come. No, I sent him to watch the documentary this morning while we did this. And I said that Documentary of him. the same title. Of the same title. Is the play Which Way Is the Stage and the documentary is Which Way To the Stage? No, I think they're both, both two. Oh, okay. Because they're both a rent. That line. Okay. Have you seen that news clip of her from opening night of Rent? And she's like 24 years old and she's this little baby. And they're like, oh, we hear that you like still sing at the bar, like at bars with your band. And she's like, well, yeah, it's the only way to get yourself out there in this industry. Aww. Like it's, she's so little and she's like totally still intending on being a rock star. Like she, sure. like the fact that she's in Rent is like not her primary Sure. It's so cute. It's it's a great interview. Anyway, that was my story. It was the, at 11.30 last night. Um, speaking of Adina, I went to Adina Menzel's album release party at $3 Bill for her disco album, Drama Queen. Yeah. I feel like, okay, so it was advertised as being like, I don't know if it was advertised or if this is just kind of what I assumed. In my head, I had 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it was really cute. She posted on her story, doors open at 9, drama at 10. <laughs> And so we get there and it's drag queens performing Adina hits. So we had like Jen doing Life of the Party. Uh-huh. Um, Holly Pocket did her Let It Go dress transformation thing. Mm-hmm. The standards. Mm-hmm. And then Nina West was uh, emceeing. Yeah. Adina came out on stage and looked stunning. Did you see my stories? I saw, Oh, I saw... Snatch whoever is styling her, bravo. Because mm-hmm. she has been turning out mm-hmm. looks on this uh, press tour for her album slash book tour. Mm-hmm. Although okay. I wonder if she has a different stylist for book Adina and disco Adina, or if it's the same. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of Adinas because there's also QVC Adina. 
you know, like. Yeah. But QVC and Adina and Book when, Adina live in the same remember? universe to me. They do, but they're a little different. And then remember, like, I don't even remember. Oh, it was when the documentary was coming out and she was doing press for that. And it was very, like, movie star glam mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. A chameleon, that one. So she comes out and does a speech and dedicates the album to the queer community. It was very touching. And then she sang a cappella royalty, which is a track on the album. It's very Celine Dion-esque. Mm-hmm. I would implore you to listen to it, Kevin, because I feel like it would resonate with you. Have you listened to the album okay. yet? <laughs> I have not, Quincy. This is my least favorite trait of yours. <laughs> As you wait until we're sitting in front of recording microphones to ask me if I've listened to something. That's a pretty good least favorite So trait. you can catch me. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll really love royalty. So yeah, so then she gave us live vocals, sang royalty acapella, left the stage. A bunch of queens came out and performed too. The show itself was like an hour long. I was expecting like a four hour Adina Menzel festival at $3 Bill on a, on this Thursday night yeah. that I went. That was not the case, but it was still really incredible. Um, after the show wrapped, it was kind of like dance floor time and they're playing Adina hits. They played. Yeah. A dance electronic disco remix of At This Table from her second holiday album. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually went pretty hard. (laughs) But I was like, there's more catalog here. Why are we at At This Table already? There's other catalog. (laughs) That is so funny. Not At This Table. (laughs) Out of here. Quincy, can I bring us into the resume of today's illustrious guest? Yes, please. It is Standby City on Sentimental Men. Yes, it is Standby City, and that's a city that I love to be in. Today's guest is Emily Kristen Morris. I'm so excited. Um, She is a current standby on the national tour, but is also one of my favorite social media presences because she does those voice teacher reacts videos. In 2018, she was on the Something Rotten national tour as B. If you're ever in a fixin', it's a fix, you need to mix the name, you go-to guy. Go-to guy. You're not Uh, a guy. One of my favorite songs. In 2023, Emily Kristen Morris made her Wicked debut on the second national tour as the standby for Alphaba, where she currently sits as the standby for Alphaba. Regionally, Emily Kristen Morris has slated in some of the most iconic roles, Daisy in Sideshow, Sophie in Mamma Mia, one of oh, my favorites. Wait, that's perfect um, for Audrey her. in Little Shop. It's perfect for her. Audrey in Little Shop mm. and something you're going to love, the titular role in Lysistrata Jones. <gasps> fight, fight, go Athens, go. What a joke. That much I know. Let's do a double episode with her and Patty Murin and only talk about Lysistrata Jones. Uh, for your birthday, we'll do that. Ms. Morris is a concert vocalist and the founder of EKM Vocal Studio. And as I mentioned before, the internet's favorite voice teacher because mm-hmm. she do have a reaction yeah. for everything. Um, so I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. Let's get into it with Emily Kristen Morris. Emily Kristen Morris is here on Sentimental Men today. This feels right. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This feels like a long time in the works. We've been trying to make this happen, and I'm glad that it has finally worked out. Me too. Me too. Honestly, one of my... Emily, you are one of my, like favorite like content faces in the wicked sphere. I I love everything that you put out. So I'm really excited to have you 
here with us today. Thank you. It's very sweet. Wait, what city are you in right now? We are in Atlanta. It's boiling uh-huh. hot. But Oof. also, it sounds like it's boiling hot in New York, though. Maybe it's just everywhere. It's just like humid. You cannot set foot outside without dripping. Oh, God. Yeah, it's thick. It's thick thick. air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, juicy. Oh. All right. (laughs) So we start every interview with how did Wicked the Musical come into your life as a person? Oh, my God. I I remember it very vividly. Um, Okay, so I'm from San Francisco, born and raised in the city. Yeah. Hallowed grounds. Yeah, hallowed grounds. Hallowed and grounds. yeah, so I'm 28. So I was born in whatever, 1994. And uh, I, I, I think I was just young enough that my parents mm-hmm. didn't take me <laughs> mm, uh-huh. to the out-of-town tryout. But I remember when it happened. And I hadn't gotten into musical theater yet. Um, okay. But I remember my friend, Perry, and her mom, <laughs> my like elementary school friend, saw it and like couldn't stop talking about it and uh we were carpool buddies and they would play oh. the album in the car and i remember like san francisco as a city feeling a lot of pride about wicked mm. uh you know after once it had moved to new york and once it had become gotcha. a phenomenon i think in the early days especially san franciscans were like well you know it started here that was us <laughs> so I that's just, the I saw it at the public. Of, yeah, of yeah, Wicked. literally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just remember growing up, it was, it was something people talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. But this was before I had even like gotten into musical theater. My understanding is that you've been, you were like a theater kid, and this has always been your dream. Definitely, always been my dream. Yeah. I mean, starting like early. Yeah. I, I start. I didn't get into the singing aspect for a little while. I was like really into the acting of it all, and. Um, mm-hmm. And then eventually took my first like musical theater class and mm-hmm. uh, and fell in love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I knew I wanted to do this from a pretty young age. Um, yeah, yeah. When was the first time that you saw the show? Um, in I want to say t- 2008 when it was back okay. in San Francisco with Teal Wicks. Oh, nice. Um, and I want to say Kendra, right? Yeah, Kasabon, that feels yeah. right. Casabon. Yeah. Yep. And I remember seeing it, and I remember that moment of defying gravity, and and like, mm-hmm. so okay, here's the tea with me and Wicked. I didn't see myself as an alphabet for a long, 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 long. This long, is on my list time. of questions, so I'm glad yeah. you're going into this. Well, yeah. So anyway, all this to say, um, because you saw yourself as a Glinda, or just because you didn't know where you fell? Didn't know where I fell. Gotcha. I mean, growing up as like a little girl with blonde curly hair, uh, mm-hmm. I, I sang popular with my voice teacher, and you know. Yeah, we should get into that because for sure I had a mental block about it for a long time. But anyway, mm-hmm. I when I saw it in 2008, it wasn't like, oh, that's my role. It was just like, right. oh, this is musical theater at its best. And I want to be a part mm. of musical theater. I would love to be a part of this show, but I don't know in what capacity. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, loved it regardless. <laughs> yeah. So then when was the first time that you ever submitted for Wicked? So I moved to the city in uh, 2017. And I remember <laughs> when I moved to the city, I was subletting, you know, a place in Harlem, as you do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. my roommate <laughs> was a, a musical theater girl that I, I didn't know super well. But um, anyway, she she had made some comment, and I'll never forget it, about like, well, have you been in for Alphabet yet? And I was like, no, I just got here. <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, every belter in the city goes in at some point. So just be oh ready. Oh, my God. And I remember that moment because... From that moment 
to the moment I actually got to go in for real was six years, I think. Like, it didn't happen quickly. So that was playing in your head for six yeah. years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, how come I? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, the first time I went in, I mean, I think I went into an EPA. Um, sure. I sang mm-hmm. Metal Arc. I was like, put me in your ensemble. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I didn't, like, get an appointment until mm-hmm. pretty close to when I got it. Okay. And I, you have a good sideshow story about how the first, like, wicked audition audition came about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you give it to us? Yeah. So um, it's totally one of those just, like, magical musical theater dreamy moments that you don't think are going to happen to you. Um, yeah, so I was doing, you know, my first show back from COVID, uh, mm-hmm. and it was this mm-hmm. production of Sideshow, which – are we fans? Yeah, I'm done. We're fans. Okay, good. We're thank big. God. Thank yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> I was just so excited to get to do that show because no one does that show. And yeah. Yeah. I was playing Daisy and it was right outside of Manhattan. And yeah, we we were performing, a, I think it was a matinee and somebody was like, I think the music director of Wicked is in the front row. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I, I kind of was like, okay, you know. Okay, yeah. not going to let that... Um, but yeah, were you yeah. like, let me make sure I sound well, let me do up to snuff tonight? Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, I, I didn't think much of it, honestly. Yeah, um, nice. But good. then, uh, but you know, I, that was good. It's okay, cool. Well, that's a good thing. So then mm-hmm. um, it turned out that he is... Dan is just such a, oh my God, lovely, lovely human being. And just a huge sideshow fan. And, uh, like, you know, grew up with it, was on the picket lines when they were closing, trying to get it to stay open. Oh, yeah. It was like a big Sideshow fan. And and so he had just made it a priority. picket lines? (laughs) Literally, that's what he told me. So um, he's just a big fan. And when he saw that it was playing somewhat close to... Manhattan he he, mm-hmm. he was like I'm going and so after that happened we got to talking and like literally just DMing on Instagram yeah. and he was really sweet and really really complimentary and and um and asked me have have you been in for Alpha and I was like no I haven't and then the next morning I woke up with an audition for Alpha mm-hmm. um thank you Dan <laughs> literally I I owe a lot to that man. So yeah. it feels like the alphabet track was thrust upon you. You didn't know where to put yourself. <laughs> and everyone told you you were an alphabet. Uh, I guess. I mean, at that point, I knew that I, I was an alphabet. I think. Gotcha. I didn't. Uh-huh. I certainly knew I wasn't a Glinda. But anyway, yeah. So, and then I auditioned. I sent in a tape. Didn't hear anything. Didn't expect to hear anything. And then, yeah, I finished that show. I went to Europe. I got engaged. You know, I had my summer. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And then we got back from that trip and like out of the blue got an email that was like, hey, are you still interested and available? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like I- I've sent in, you know, one tape. Like, Right. Had you right. thought about it again since? <laughs> no. Like, was it on your mind? I was okay. actually supposed to be leaving for a different tour in the um, fall. Uh, okay. So no, I wasn't thinking about it at all. I had never gotten an email like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't even been seen in person. I haven't. What? Of course I'm interested. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Let me think about it. Wait, you sent in a tape singing a song? Uh, I think they had me do the f- packet. It okay. was not the full packet. I think I did Define Gravity and Wizard and I, and then I think maybe one scene. The, gotcha. the Lion Cub scene. Yeah. The Lion Cub, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I got that email, and I okay. said, yes, I'm interested. <laughs> and <laughs> then, so yeah. Yeah, and then the next, like, two weeks were 
it was a lot of back and forth and it was i think two rounds of taping again okay mm-hmm. the same with stuff adjustments same stuff and then eventually like a final work session in the room you know like 45 minutes mm-hmm. taking our time yeah. and it's I interesting was... to hear a post-pandemic audition process yeah. for an alphabet because it took so long to get yeah. you in the room oh yeah oh yeah well and yeah. we have people out here on tour that never were in the room like you wow. know we're utilizing tapes yeah yeah technology which is so interesting <laughs> I know. Crazy. Can I pause just because we asked this of, I don't remember who, oh, of uh, Lissa, because she yes. also was a self-tape Alphaba <laughs> appointment originally. And we were talking about how for like a project in a role this size, having the ability to like micromanage and like nitpick your own audition oh my God. has to make this 20 times harder than it would be. Especially you with your voice right? teacher <laughs> cap on too. I can't imagine. And like. all of my notions of I'm not an alphabet mm-hmm. in right, my head, right. which we can talk about. But yeah. Um, so oh how many God, yeah. uh, scrapped takes are in the camera roll? <laughs> you know, I gave myself a limit. Oh, I gave myself that a is firm so smart. limit. And I tell all my students that it's very mm. important. It's never going to get better after six takes really especially singing this material it's not going to get better and the other thing I did is I took breaks I think I only did something like you know maybe six or seven takes of but then you know it's the whole packet right so like if you're doing six takes of one song and seven takes of that like you just can't so anyway I probably only did five takes probably of both songs but I think I took breaks in between I, you know, went on little vocal naps. I, Mm -hmm. you know, had a snack. Like, I just took my time with it. But I will say, filming the Defying Gravity cut in your living room with a track and a camera in front of you is, like, the weirdest experience. I also imagine there's something that's like, makes it less nerve-wracking to do it on tape as opposed to going into the room for your first couple auditions, you know? Maybe. I think I I would always prefer to just be in the room. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, in some ways. I'm Yeah. Okay, so... As you go through these standby auditions, you knew it was standby that you were auditioning for from the get-go. Mm-hmm. What were your feelings about being a standby at this point? You know, I've always sort of, I think I've always known that I am going to have chunks of my career, if not lots of my career, you know, being an understudy, standing by, all those things, mm-hmm. just knowing that I'm a actor-singer. And so, you know, I, I was ready for that. And I don't think I knew what it would entail, but mm-hmm. I knew that this was only exciting and you know i I was just excited yeah it was gonna be a huge moment yeah so then going into then like what has been surprising to you about standing by expectations versus reality you know everyone told me when i took this job it's gonna be isolating Mm -hmm. that was something that actually everybody Mm. did tell me and i was like cool 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 i'm gonna make the best of it and i think i have but it is and there's no standby glinda on tour right it's a really weird job there's no standby on tour for glinda yeah um i think it's a really just from talking to people who've done it on broadway and and also just like beyond the wicked sphere you know i've been really lucky Mm -hmm. to connect with a lot of standbys and alternates um because it just makes you feel less alone. And it's it's yeah. so good mm-hmm. to know that you're not the only one experiencing it, because I am the only one experiencing it out here. But yeah. yeah, from talking to people who do it in New York, it's a really different experience because you have your Glinda standby that you share your dressing room with. And right, like you're a cute you go, duo. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go home at the end of the day. You go home mm-hmm. to your friend's family, dog, apartment, 
all the things. And it is like a really, it's a crazy experience to like, yeah, you leave New York, you leave your people and your place and you come and do this thing that no one else is doing in the building. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, that has been like, that was definitely a, a shift, a paradigm shift. And I think I am very grateful for my, <laughs> I've always been someone that can keep myself busy. Like I, right. I, mm -hmm. um, it does feel like you have, yeah. you're doing yeah, a you're lot of other hustling things. hustling during yeah. the shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Up in the attic, running the show. Yeah. yeah, I've always running the show. But then beyond that, like I just have so many, you know, other things that fuel me and, and I'm running my business and I'm, I'm working on my, you know, um, yeah, my, my social media stuff and, and yeah. whatever. So I, I think I've, I've been really good about like, keeping inspired and and um deriving joy from other things even when like you know it's been two months and I haven't been on stage or whatever mm -hmm. did that have to take time though to kind of transition into a point where you're like okay I am here every day so I'm gonna find ways to utilize this time and make it feel worthwhile yeah yeah oh yeah for sure well I mean honestly the first <laughs> I remember when I was okay so when I was learning the role Mm -hmm. uh, I think this was probably after like my first run, maybe my first put in. And I was like, oh, whoa, <laughs> that's hard. And um, our, our PSM at the time, OB, was like, well, you know, I tell everyone it takes six months for a full time alphabet to find her footing. Like it really takes six Interesting. months. And you're not full time. And it's yeah. going to take you that much longer. And I was like, right. gulp. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. So I feel like it took me a long time to get to a point where I was like chilling backstage. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even, and even now, like I'm still, you know, if I haven't been on for a while, I'm still, yeah, I make it a goal of singing through, running through once a week, maybe once every two weeks, just because, uh, yeah, this isn't something you can just like flip on in. And I, mm -hmm. at least it doesn't feel that way to me. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Can we talk about the first time that you went on for Alphaba and what was surprising, what you weren't expecting to yeah. experience? It was the best day ever. Um, <laughs> so I had a little foresight, which was cool, which mm, meant that my family nice. could be there. And mm. I haven't had much of that. Is your family in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. What city were you in? We were in Chicago, which is the best. Like, love Chicago. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, people say like your debut, it's a, it's a moving train and you're hopping on and you might black out, but you're going to get through it. And, you know, I actually yeah. didn't experience that at all. It was very calm. I was mm. able to really, I think that I just knew with who this role is and who I want my alphabet to be. Um, I couldn't be living up here and flighty and right. bubbly and I needed You do to strike me as a very grounded person. Thank you. Oh, that's a very <laughs> sweet thing to say. Thank you. Um, I try to be. But yeah, yeah, I I wanted Elphaba to feel grounded and so I needed mm -hmm. Emily to feel grounded. <laughs> mm -hmm. sure. Um, which I is definitely like one of the things that I do even when it's last minute, even when uh I didn't expect to go on that day or whatever, like that is something I check in with myself about very intentionally because I want that to be part of who she is. Mm -hmm. So it was, but it was a really like beautiful, awesome time. And it was a two show day. My first time on. And you did show both day. shows. Mm -hmm. Oh my yep. God. Wow. And a show the next day, actually I had three in a row, which was wow. like such a blessing. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. 
such a blessing. I mean, I, I feel like I learned so much. And then all the pressure yeah. isn't on that like one performance that you do. You get yes. to kind of right. figure yes. it out. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a really big, like, thank you moment. I was really yeah. thankful it worked out that way. Yeah. Well, and especially too, we were talking to Mary Kate recently about how as a standby, it's nice because you get a note and then you have a while to work on it and implement it mm. on your own, which is nice in some ways, but then in others to get to go on for the first time and have two immediate chances to say, yes. oh, let me, let me try to tweak that or let me adjust here. Yeah. And yep. kind of get an immediate second go at it must be so, so oh, yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Did you really get any notes in that first initial round of performances? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get notes every time. Uh, yeah. We're, our, you know, they're, they're definitely very good about noting us. Yeah, after the show and before the matinees, yeah, I, I met with PSM and I think probably... Um, also with our MD, yeah. If this feels like the right moment then to talk about like not seeing yourself as an Alphaba originally. Yeah. Because also I feel like recently you and I have spoken because you posted a picture in your story, I think from like auditioning for Elle Woods. Oh my God. I was like, okay, but wait, the Emily, Kristen, Glinda that I didn't know I needed <laughs> until now. And at that point you said that you felt like you probably could tackle either. So yeah. I'm curious, like, the journey from not feeling like either to now being like, yeah, I could do both if you need me to. I actually think that that is what it's been. It's like, ooh, mm. I think I could really fit into either of these. Right. And so, It's been a realization. Well, no, I think, uh, I think literally in college there was a moment where I, like, polled my friends. I was like, which you one is <laughs> Because I was so distraught. Because Everybody I... put your heads down. <laughs> thumbs up if you think. <laughs> Alphaba? Nessa? No, literally. Because at the time I was doing, I was doing this like summer stock, you know, contract and we had this like cabaret and they had given me popular and I was like, I'm stressed. Which one am I? Um, just because I know that like I fit in the world. I knew that I loved the music. I knew that I fit in the world of this show and I wanted, yeah. you know, I wanted to figure it out. So anyway, yeah, all that to say, I think that for a long time, it's been like, I think I could do both, which makes me feel like I'm probably mm. not um, specific enough to do either. either. Yeah. You know, interesting. I like the that. girls who know that they're Alphabas are Alphabas and the girls who know that they're Glindas are Glindas. And those are the people mm -hmm. that are going to book, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so you recently celebrated being 10 years cancer-free. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Something that struck me in that video you made was you talked about the scar and relating that to Alphaba. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I thought was really fascinating and like an interesting way into the character. Can you talk a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay, so to connect that to what we were just talking about, all this to mm -hmm. say, like, I I think the reason so long I was wondering if I was, you know, more of a glinder or whatever is just because of, like, looks. Just just being, yeah. mm. whatever, blonde curly hair, not feeling um, angular and witchy and moody and dark enough, right? Um, yeah. All that to say, I relate so much with Alphabet. So, 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 so much. I know exactly what it is to be pointed at and stared at and asked about a skin abnormality. Yeah, right, <laughs> um, right. And yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when I when this all went down and when I was diagnosed with cancer, like this was, 
I remember my doctor was like, you know, it's going to be a quick little surgery. You're going to have like a little scar. It's going to be, you know, maybe a centimeter right here. And I was like, mm. okay, I, like, I hope it doesn't, you know, affect my ability to, to live out my dream. And, and then right. I woke up with this huge scar because yeah, long story short, there was just a lot more cancer than they thought. And mm. I mean, thank God, right. Rather have the yeah. scar than, but, um, right. Then the, right. but yeah, for years, um, I was really wondering if anyone would want me, cast me, love me, all the things. And so, yeah, there's that line in the middle of uh, one short day where she's like, nobody's staring, nobody's pointing. Mm-hmm. And that, that feels very, uh, <laughs> that feels very close to home. Because <laughs> what yeah. people don't realize is that, oh my God, it's constant, you guys. It's constant, really? even to this day. And now it doesn't affect me in the way it did when I was 18. But yeah, what what do we need to do to like make a PSA? Like, hey, maybe we don't comment and ask strangers about their scars because it's it's not right. going to be a happy story. You're asking them to right, like scars something. are scars. What? <laughs> right. Oh man, yeah. So, and these days it really, I, yeah, it's fine. But um, I I know what I mean. That that first scene in Shiz. When she mm-hmm. is uh, coming to to grips with what this first year of school is going to be, and everyone's staring at her, and like I just I really know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you went through this part of your life like between high school and college, yeah. right? Yeah. So like tr- literally, you know that first day of school. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep crazy can we talk a little bit about you finding your voice after that surgery because you came out of it with a paralyzed vocal cord right paralyzed vocal cord yeah which is incredible that you're doing what you do today (laughs) no i know i mean it's like i i wish there had been some way for me to like intercept that 18 year old emily to be like actually you're going to be more than okay you're going to be able to do yeah you're gonna be able to do like the hardest thing yeah actually yeah um it, I feel incredibly grateful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even actually, it's not vocal damage, right? Because the cords were fine. It's that the nerve that tells the vocal cord to come together had been nicked during the surgery. Uh, so I was paralyzed. Okay. And I mm-hmm. woke up and yeah, I have like audio recordings and it's so, mm-hmm. so crazy. You know, I'm a voice teacher, so I'm going to get nerdy about this, but um, no, please do. No cord closure, uh, meaning that tons of air leaking through couldn't find any uh, chat voice okay. and and about a range of like five notes maybe so where do you even begin with that oh i was a terror <laughs> <laughs> i was a terror i feel i i have like written letters to my slp speech language pathologist since being like uh-huh. i'm sorry <laughs> because i was on a rampage i was like problem how do we fix the problem I have to go to CCM in three months. Yeah, I got two months to do this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, it was a lot of voice therapy. It was a lot of luck. Oh, so this happened. You're booked into a BFA program already, and this happens? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. And you didn't take a year off or anything. You did this in the summer. Mm -hmm. I had work. I had... (laughs) Work. No, no, I don't know about that. You better push that recovery. (laughs) (laughs) I... Well, yeah. So we didn't know. We didn't know. I, uh-huh. I was, uh, yeah, they found a lump. 
right before my senior prom, I had just gotten into my dream school after the whole yeah. college audition process, which is such right. hell in so many ways. But anyway, yeah. I had gotten in, I had gone to like our accepted students week and I had like met my classmates and I was just so excited. Wow. And, uh, and then I was diagnosed. And the thing about thyroid cancer is it's, it's super slow growing, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but like I had had it for like maybe 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, when they found wow. it. Okay. Yep. And so it was like, well, it's been here for a while, but like, let's get rid of this. Let's get you into mm -hmm. surgery. And I was like, yeah, let's get me into surgery because I got to go do my, yeah, do my I... training. I got to go. So uh, really cool. like an 18 year old mentality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just get it yes. all done. Literally. Um, and then, and then that curveball hit about, you know, the, the voice of it all. And yeah. We didn't know because the thing about nerve damage is like there's no timeline. There's no way to speed it up. Right. But were you told at the time that there was a path to recovery from this? Yes and no. It, okay. It, mm -hmm. it was really scary. It was not clear. Like a path but not a guaranteed Not result. a guarantee and, and no sense of like if and when it came back, would it sound like me? Would my years of like working on this instrument be evident? Like would yeah. would I know my instrument? Were you thinking you were gonna I have had? to drop out of school? Your program? Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, but but I do think like I, I attribute it to, yeah, really good vocal therapist, really good, you know, the whole team was just so good. Um, but then I think I was just like young and my body bounced back right. quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was your interest in coaching and pedagogy there before your surgery and recovery or did that come I think that peaked after? it I think that peaked it I think that I was yeah. like in so much hell and so much you know trauma of it all but I also there was like this small part of me that was like can I see that scope again yeah. <laughs> what does it look like <laughs> wait what do I need to do to make it function better and, you know yeah totally I, there was like a little bit of a voice nerd in there already for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so voice nerd. Um, one thing that we hear from all of the alphabas, <laughs> not all, a majority of the alphabas, is that it's not necessarily the singing of the role that'll get you, it's the mm -hmm. yelling that you have to do while you're acting. Right. How do you navigate yelling in a healthy manner? Completely agree. Yeah, I don't know. In some ways, I think I'm still figuring it out. But I do like, you know, of course, vocal health comes first. But I do think that it does need to be that. Um, mm. I, I don't, I don't want to see an alphabet who isn't, um, I've always thought of alphabet as like kind of, especially act two alphabet, like it's, it's kind of Shakespeare. It's kind of Greek theater, right? It's like, mm. it's big, it's huge. Mm -hmm. And, and it's also, uh, deeply felt, but, but yeah, the highs and the lows like have to be there and the stakes have to be there. And so, um, I don't want to cheapen it ever. Mm. So I, yeah, I mean, I've, I think. I, I'm really grateful to the voice knowledge that I have because it's helped for sure. But yeah, I do go there because I think it's really yeah. important. Do you do like a speech warm up in addition to a singing warm up of any kind? If I have time. <laughs> if you have the time. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I worked with uh, somebody, a, an awesome SLP, speech language pathologist, when I booked this job specifically on the speaking element of it because I just wanted to get mm -hmm. really intentional about it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that what people don't realize is like speaking and singing at its best should be really similar. Mm -hmm. um, we never mm -hmm. want singing to feel too singy. 
especially in mm-hmm. musical theater. And we certainly don't want speech to sound, you know, yeah. So it's, it's, um, I think that smart singers, and I'm sure that Alphabas, you know, find this to be true, that like, it's not that different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's been helpful. All right. So are you oh, no. a wizard and I defying <laughs> gravity or no good deed no, alphava? No. It can mean whatever you want it to mean. All we ask is that you explain why. <laughs> I'm so stressed. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I've been like, I've been ever since you guys emailed me, I've just been like, what am I going to say? Um, because I think the truth of it is that it changes. Especially going some time in between oh my god yeah as the standby yeah Yeah, it it just changes um i think the thing that feels the most consistently just like oh i'm in my body i feel dropped in i i know who this person is this feels so good Mm -hmm. um i love what i do you know just that (laughs) consistently is defying gravity for sure yeah well, okay, so when I thought you weren't going to give us an answer, I was going to say that you were defying gravity <laughs> because we've been talking so much about a grounded alphabet, and to me, that mm-hmm. defying gravity is that moment. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. But sorry, please give your explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, no, no, but yes. Um, that said, mm-hmm. I find myself uh, most inspired by, um, thrilled by, scared by... Mm-hmm. All the things, no good deed. I love no good deed. I love mm-hmm. that moment, but it's also the scariest for me. I know that a lot of people say the hardest thing for them is Wizard and I. I think yeah. for sure the hardest. I and it's it's these days it's actually feeling quite good, but it took the yeah. longest. Your things sure. I've never felt is clean. <laughs> it sounds so oh, thank good. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, the one that felt scariest and hardest for a long time was definitely no good deed. That said, it's also the most rewarding. It's the most rewarding moment in the, mm-hmm. of the show. Well, Emily, this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on oh, Sunset Until Men. Oh, I just, I'm so thankful and grateful. And I love what you guys do. And, and thank you for, for sharing all your wealth of knowledge about this show. And, and <laughs> it's, just, yeah, seriously, you guys are so great. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah. Quincy, that was really fun. I'm glad that we got to talk to her. So delightful. She is really sweet. I really love to have her perspective because she, we haven't had many people on during their standby role and it's like yeah. they're very, fir- like she's still very early in her journey. Yeah. And she- Her wicked journey. She has a lot of like preparation work of the show to speak to but like she i think i can't remember if she said this on mic or to us after but there's only a handful of times that she's actually gone on so it was interesting to talk to her with so much like thought work but not necessarily having figured out her alphabet yet when it is worth noting after we interviewed her she did have a string of going on which was exciting she to did see yeah after having this conversation with her um, I also think it's interesting to talk to her and Mary-Kate Morrissey in such close proximity because they're both standbys at different points in their Wicked journey. So hearing how each of them approached a standby contract with mm-hmm. Wicked was very fun and fresh and cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And so different, the experience on tour and on Broadway too. Right. It was cool to highlight. After speaking to them both... 
I have this newfound clarity of like, oh yes, and I don't even know if this is something they specifically said or if this is just something I've gleaned through talking to them, is like, mm-hmm. on standing by on Broadway, I can see being a much more enjoyable situation or a much more conducive situation to normal life because you're kind of at home base and you can like live your life still and then also be doing mm-hmm. the standby thing. But I can see standing by on tour as being much more isolating because you're picking up and traveling from place to place. So you're kind of just consistently totally. alone within the company that totally. you're traveling around with. And with no Glinda standby to to like do it with, you know? Why don't they have a Glinda standby on tour? Who do we have to get on to talk about that? I know, that is weird to me. I wonder, yeah, I don't know why Glinda doesn't have a standby. Um, you know what I did think was really cool though is when she was saying how she actually felt her most comfortable those first couple of times that she went on as standby. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of because like she didn't have time to think about getting things wrong. So she was just like giving herself the grace that it wasn't going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so interesting because it's, I'm sure that's a fairly common experience that, you know, these, these ladies have. And it's interesting, I guess, the challenge to like, harness that that feeling or that like grace that you give yourself and how do you then carry that with you through your whole run quincy before we wrap up we have some exciting news that i am tickled pink and green to share with the listeners we are bringing back the green circle we are launching our patreon we are very excited to be doing so we're doing it in two tiers. The first tier, $5 a month, just like last time, gets you close friends, which gets you early guest announcements. You get to help us plan episodes and come up with questions for guests. Yeah, and so we're going to do a sweep of our current close friends because a lot of you are grandfathered in on Instagram from the last Green Circle. We're starting fresh. We're <laughs> starting fresh. <laughs> And then there's going to be a second tier that's $10. And the second tier gets all of that. Plus on the Patreon, there's going to be mini bonus episodes. There's going to be early access to our regular episodes and super, super excited to start doing this extended versions of every episode. Yeah, because we record for much longer than I would say the final edit happens. Much longer. (laughs) And we just like cut out like extraneous stories or off the record stuff and the off the record stuff will still stay out of the extended cut (laughs) (laughs) but there's gonna be you're just gonna get more if listening to this podcast is something that is really fun for you (laughs) you're gonna get then that you're gonna get uh, some extra minutes of fun yeah that wasn't a great and i would recommend (laughs) it's okay it's okay and i would recommend um going and making sure you're signed up now because our next episode is such an exciting guest and you are definitely going to want to be hearing that extended cut yes if all goes according to plan but yeah if we end up booking this guest i could see us talking for a very long time with her because there's like a lot to talk about yes Remember when we started this podcast and you would always be like, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up and we would have nothing. <laughs> oh, I always feel like we had, like, and this I does would not always feel be so un- confirmed. I'd be like, Quincy, don't promise them things. Yeah, we've swapped. Look at how we've grown recently. as people. We really have. <laughs> I know. So subscribe on Patreon. Join us on Patreon. If uh, you're looking for a free way to support the pod, open up whatever app you're on right now. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And uh, any of those things that you do, handprint on our heart. You know, we Mm -hmm. are thankful for all of you. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 
You've been listening to Sentimental Men from Theaterly. This episode was produced by Quincy Brown, Kevin Bianchi, and the team at Theaterly. Thanks to Anthony Abitangelo, the most swankified podcast editor in town. And another thanks to Michaela Reynolds for making us look downright osmopolitan in our new key art. And to Julia DiMarzo for our logo design. If you want to get in touch, send us an email. We love to hear from you all. You can reach us at sentmenpod at theaterly.com. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E-L-Y. You can also connect with us across social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SentMenPod. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. Whoever's styling Disco Adina, I want you to style me. She looks incredible.